Hi, this is Gabriela. And this is Brandy. <laughs> Welcome back to Boot Gossip 2022. I know Yay. it's a new year. <laughs> After how many weeks? Oh. I think like four, five. Since we put an episode up? Yeah. No. I don't remember. It was before Christmas. Yeah, it was the 23rd. That's a long time. It hasn't been four weeks. Been We're like very busy. Yeah, catching COVID again. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Same time as last year. <laughs> That's so true. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it was the end of it. January, I think, last yeah, year. Yeah, I think it was the 26th last year. Oh, wow. You got it down. Yeah, because I think I found like a text. A text? Yeah, like a date. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we recorded right at the end of our COVID. Really? Yeah, the questions, last per Oh, uh, yeah. I was, I was still sick. I remember. Yeah. I was like very tired. We sounded like shit. <laughs> and we just asked each other, what's your favorite this? All my answers were Harry Potter. But you have more energy than me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Harry Potter. Did you watch the documentary? I did. Did you like it? I did. I thought it was clever the way that they subdivided everything. Me too. And I thought that it was like they did all the right things to target your emotional strings. Mm-hmm. And I love that every time J.K. Rowling was on the screen, it was like recorded in 2019. Yeah, they didn't include her in the thing. But I think a lot of the actors talked about her writing, which I think is good because she wrote the books. Oh, yeah. And that was nice of them. But like, I think even the main characters, well, the only one didn't didn't mention her was Emma. What's her name? Emma? Emma Watson. She's the only one that didn't mention her because everybody else did. Really? Yeah. I pay attention because I well, knew they were, were going to do something about it. Did you read the, um, that bit that Daniel Radcliffe wrote about being able to still enjoy and appreciate somebody's art, like their writing, even <clears throat> basically, even if you might not agree with that person's opinions now, even if you of find course, them yeah. offensive, he was just mm-hmm. like, he just wrote like a really beautiful little excerpt about, I don't know if that's what you call it, but about how like a good way to still appreciate it yeah, without I- feeling shitty for doing so. Yeah, I think that's a very like good way of like think of everything because it's, it's very like, elegant. I think that's like the perfect example of the book that we're reading. That even though you don't um, agree with other people's ideas, you can still cohabitate with that person. Oh yeah, you can still exist. Yeah, there are some things in the book that we're reading that even rubbed me the wrong way. I was yes. like, I understand where you're coming from. But this just makes me feel a little dirty, like a little sticky. Yes. Um, I think I noticed that lately that I'm listening to other people. And I think I try my best to listen to stuff that shows kind of like the opposite mm-hmm. of what I think. Or even if I'm agreeing to the person, I'm like, let me listen to the opposite of of like the other side. I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't agree all the time, 100 percent with the person. And I think that's good. Like That's you. like um that book I want to read, Strangers in Their Own Land. Oh, okay. She's like, I'm trying to climb the empathy wall. She's very, very liberal. She's from like New York and mm-hmm. she goes to the South and mm-hmm. gets to know people that are part of the Tea Party and try to not just understand where they're coming from, but to empathize with them. Like she's like, I want to feel the same mm-hmm. way 
that you do okay about these problems mm-hmm. yeah. or your point of view rather yeah and like that's what the book is about is her going through that and her interviews with these people and blah 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 yeah and you can even change your mind because i've listened to stuff before that i was like i completely disagree and then a few years later i'm like oh yeah now i agree with it because i think you learn something different and you kind of understand the other side be more and you're like oh yeah i kind of agree with it more than i used to yeah and that's called being mature or getting old (laughs) i um i think we should probably tell people what we read because we keep referring it to as if like referring to it as if it's lord voldemort like the book that must not be named oh my god i love that they put voldemort there i was so excited what do you mean, put Voldemort? In the documentary, sorry. We jumped from the Why HBO. wouldn't he be in the documentary? I don't know. I was do you excited. mean the actor? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Everybody was there. I was so excited. He's I'm like, a oh my fucking God. character. I love it. I was sad. I thought they were going to do something bigger for Snape. Oh, hold on. Let me pause this because my heat just kicked in. All right, here we go. We are back. Um, yeah, I was going off on Snape. I would cry. That's what my first time that I cry when I watch it. I cry and I laugh with that show. Thank God I was watching it by myself. I was watching it with my friend mm-hmm. and I did, there were some people that had passed away from the cast that I didn't know about, uh, but he didn't know about Snape. No. Yes. Oh my God. I feel his pain. What do you mean? Oh, like when you found Not, out that Alan uh, yeah. Rickman passed? Yeah. Um, yeah, I felt, I actually felt really bad that he was finding out in that moment because oh it's God. his favorite, his favorite character. Who is that? He's like, if I could have played anybody from, well, I don't want to say, because uh-huh. <laughs> that could be like kind of a hot topic for Harry Potter fans, but I think you know okay. who I'm talking about. No. Of course you do. No. You do. Okay. And so... <clears throat> I just felt like, you know, that moment that you heard about it and you just felt so bad. Yeah. Like that he had to experience. And that. I also that, like the, um, they say that Snape knew what was going to happen because he needed to know. Yeah. And people were like, what are you doing? He's like, you'll find out. I'm like, oh, I love him more. How do you mean? Like the book was already out. Um, well, what's good, uh, well, that's not what they say in the documentary, that he had to go find out what was going to happen to his character. Okay. So I don't know what they meant by that then. Um, I don't remember that part. Yeah. I don't know the name of the actor that does Harry Potter. I mean, would he have had to know that far in advance? I don't know. Because they all were saying that they didn't know what was going to happen. Well, because this might be a weird comparison, but in Pretty Little Liars, the girl that I don't want to give any spoilers. I'm sorry, but Harry Potter spoilers are a thing. If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. But, um, she had to know that she was the person. Okay. Like the big bad guy before anybody else knew how the show was going to end. And there was no book to compare it to. It wasn't like, because Harry Potter ended the same, basically the same way as the book. Do not come at me. People who are like those ones that really study the movie versus the book, because I, I know there's probably differences, but I just don't know the movies well enough to know. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying she knew well before the other people because she had to prepare herself. She had to prepare for, um, you know, putting herself in character. 
Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is like how far in advance would he have had to know? Yeah, I don't know. And I'm not talking about technically. I'm talking about, well, maybe technically, but I'm talking about from the viewpoint of an actor, like even knowing that intention when you're acting is important to like mm-hmm. give that performance. Yes. I think that's why they meant it then. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know when the he could have out. known <clears throat> back when they were filming the second movie just so that he I think could that's what have they, that effect. I think that's what he meant. I mean, that's what they meant because to say. honestly that that is so fucking impressive. Yeah. I think that's why they meant that they, he needed to know early on. We could actually do a mini episode next week about this, <laughs> if you want. And like, even like, oh, the last thing I'll say is like when they were like dividing like the, the books, I'm like, they should have one hour for each book. And I'll watch this like seven Girl, times. I would have fallen asleep. <laughs> but no, you know, if you want, we can definitely do a mini if you want to okay. go deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to. Yeah, we can be here. And this will be the mini episode. And we're not going to talk about the book if we, we keep going. So the book, which we saw so, introduced. Uh, the name of the book um, today is called The Cuddling of the American Mind by Jonathan Hyde-Hade. Sure. And Greg Lukianoff. Girl, yes. Uh, so we, um, we picked this book because of book club. Yeah, like it was something that we read for book club. Were you in book club? No. So it was something that we read for book club, probably not long before you joined, mm-hmm. um, that... <clears throat> Honestly, we weren't even sure if we were going to love it at first, but mm-hmm. we did end up liking a lot of the points. It's great for a book club. Yeah. Um, I knew about the book. Like I heard it like so many times, but I never actually saw thing. I wanted to do it for the podcast. Yeah. I mean, when I read this book, it was probably it was a good couple, two, three years ago. Mm. I'm really bad at giving a timetable. If I'm being honest, I'll be like, yeah, I watched that movie recently, but really it was uh, 2015. Seven years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Who's the main character? <laughs> what year is this book? Oh, my niece. Just one little thing. My niece, who's four, well, almost five. She's going to be five in March. But she was, I was driving to my house with her. She goes, do you know that movie, ha- Hallie Potter? <laughs> She goes, I really liked it. And um, they were using their warns. <laughs> like she was just going off. It was the cutest little thing. I was so proud. Where she was watching it. Um, I guess she was at a hotel with um, her mom and a friend. And they decided to watch Harry Potter. Mm. Um, I wasn't. I, it wasn't that clear. Honestly, she's not the best at explanations. Of course. But she just wanted to express to me how much she liked it and that she wanted to watch it with me. Yes. So we might watch it tomorrow while we bake cookies or something. That's so cute. Yeah. She said, they do magic. They turn people into frogs. And I was like, oh, do you want to go to Harry Potter World? And she was like, no, because I'm scared of witches because they're going to turn me into a frog. Okay. Or a spider. Oh, okay. 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 But sorry, I decided to do that one more little thing. That's cute. Uh, so yeah, uh, how was your Christmas? It was good. Um, I went to New Hampshire. We relaxed for, I don't know how many days for. Yeah. Oh, did sorry. you guys hear that? Uh, Gabrielle <laughs> abandoned me <laughs> on Christmas. But then you abandoned me on New Year's Eve. I didn't abandon you. Yes. You made plans. I got invited before you like invited me. Like months ahead. Eh? Yes. You told me that you were going to uh, have New Year's Eve with other people in August. 
what? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even know these people in August. What are you talking about? Um, it was our first time going to New Hampshire. It was pretty. Yeah. Uh, for us to let us know. Mm-hmm. It was cute. Like the kids lo- loved it, playing with the snow. It was cool. It's a, it's as if we live in the fucking deep I know. Cell. It was the same shit. Like, there's, like, no there's, no, there's never snow on the ground here. <laughs> um, we went to like, a, they had like a little um, a resort, like a skiing resort. Uh-huh. I never seen that before in my life. I went fucking skiing once. I never been, like never. We it just, was awful. Really? <laughs> I'm terrified of heights. I was on that fucking little pulley thing and I was just like, oof, this is the end. Uh, it was cool. I like that part. We just, I never seen it. So it was cool to go watch and take pictures. And I was wearing sweatpants and I, a man walked. He's like, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think you're doing good with those pants. I'm like, no, I'm fucking freezing. Sure. <laughs> uh, it was nice. It was nice. You need those swishy pants. Yeah. Everybody was wearing that. I love those things. They're like, Psh. <laughs> yeah. You used to have little matching sets with princesses. Um Yeah. So my Christmas was pretty uneventful, except ooh, we played cards against humanity with my grandmother again. Mm-hmm. We usually do that on Christmas. We all sit around the table. But this time, like Tanya and her um boyfriend were over, but it was really funny. Tanya's my sister-in-law, basically. And she was sitting next to my grandmother and my grandmother's eyesight isn't that hot. So she kept asking Tanya to read <laughs> what is cards. That? And the card said like three dicks at the same time, but she didn't want to say that out loud to my grandmother. <laughs> and so I was shouting across the table, but also keep in mind, my niece is directly next to me. Okay. So she was like, can I play? And I was like, sure, sure, sure. You can help me pick the cards. So it was this great family game. Then my mom came and she was playing and it, you know. That's cool. Just the most inappropriate thing we could possibly uh, I think do. we played games. I don't remember now. Yeah, we did Pictionary. Yeah. That was so, like, that was fun. Like, it was very, like, there were a lot of rules. Like, we didn't understand it. We just, like, let's just draw something and, like, just guess. And that's what we did. That's it was the rules I know. But, but these rules were, like, they was, like, the collection edition. I was like, we don't know what this is. We can barely speak English, people. <laughs> like, let's not translate everything. Um, and then it was New Year's Eve. How was your New Year's Eve? <laughs> it was pretty great. <laughs> so, also played Cards Against Humanity. Uh-huh. And we all caught COVID. <laughs> <laughs> or like six out of ten of us. It was more eventful. I think I got COVID in New Year's Eve too. I played beer pong as well. I felt like a teenager. Uh, I like uh, beer pong. Is that the one that you drink? I never played that I mean, before. you used to put beer in the cups no, you, back when you were in college and you weren't scared of getting infected. But mm-hmm. we, Adults. no, it, there's water in the cups <laughs> and you drink your own dipped. I was actually drinking coffee at that point. So. Oh my God. <laughs> and it was like 3 a.m. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Girl, I was up till like almost 6 a.m. Yeah, I was still. We Can you like- imagine? Can you fucking imagine? Do you take a nap when you during got, the night? I didn't. I didn't <laughs> you take a nap. You were straight. But every time I'm with you and your family, I'm like, like, guys, guys, it's 2 a.m. I'm really, I'm losing. Can you make me some tea? <laughs> Let me go take a nap in the couch and I'll come back. Yeah. Uh, my family, we just hang out. And then I went home like five or something to sleep, I think. How was your birthday? <sighs> Shit. <laughs> Why? You had COVID then? No. No. 
Okay, I went to the doctor's appointment. Oh, yes, it was like... At 6.45 a.m., I had to be at the doctor. Yes. So I got there, and um, she's like, do you have an ID? And I'm like, sure. And she goes, hon, do you know your license expires today? And I was like, well, I forgot. <laughs> so that happened. So I had to come back. Mind you, my the my dent, no, dentist... Fuck me. My office, my PCP, is like 40 minutes from my house. Even without traffic. It's mm-hmm. like 40 minutes. So... 40 fucking minutes to drive 30 ish i don't know it was a while and so i had to drive all the way back home and then renew my fucking license and then go to work from 10 to 7 and i ended up being at work super late did i end up being at work super late it was on another day but anyways mm-hmm. that doesn't happen too often at my job now but it was just like not that great of a day we didn't even get to my cake that day oh yeah you told me you were exhausted we didn't get to the cake that day because like my coworker RSL had actually bought a cake in for me. But mm. we were just too damn busy. Yeah, we haven't celebrated your birthday. Like we had a date, we canceled it. Then we, oh, had COVID. we all had COVID. And then now we're starting school. Yeah. <laughs> Fair warning. We're both starting school. Yes. Again. And so the episodes are gonna be like a surprise too. Yeah. We're no, we're gonna aim to give you I want to aim to give it a consistent episodes, but we might not be able to. Mm-hmm. We'll keep it very light. Yeah. This is probably the heaviest thing you're going to get during the semester. Yeah. And then we're going to maybe um, shoot at books. We're going to do books like Everybody Poops. Yeah. Like, very simple. So you get it. We don't have to dive too deep. Mm-hmm. We're just going to talk. Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yes. Very simple. <laughs> we'll find a dive for that. <laughs> um. Right. So. I think that's it. I think that's all. That's what happened to us during this break. Yeah. Do you want to get started? Yes, let's do it. All right. Let me just make a note of where to tell people to skip ahead (laughs) if they don't want to listen to our 18 minute intro. That's good. So, yeah, The Coddling of the American Mind uh, was a book written by these two guys. They have some kind of jobs, you know, we didn't really look too far into it. I know one of them's a First Amendment lawyer. God damn. Yeah, I think it's Greg. And so that's freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's perfect. So, yeah, because he, he's the one who started to notice the trends, which I'll get into in a minute. But Jonathan Haidt also does something, but I just can't for the life. I remember. think he was a... Fuck, I just watched a video of him. He is a professor in something mm-hmm. else. Yeah. And so they are basically... They're professionals. Educated people. In, yeah, in and around this environment. Mm-hmm. And did I keep that in here? And did I get rid of it? The Greg, who's the def- the lawyer for the freedom of speech, is also part of an organization. The acronym is FIRE, and I really cannot for the life of me remember what it is. But it's basically something about empowering freedom of speech for students and on university college campuses and shit nice. like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, nice. I mean, he was very, very close to where this. So like, they know the topic. They know what they're. Yeah. Yeah. Their interest came out of their professions. And they are schooled on it. And they also did a lot of research in this. And they're very clear. What I did appreciate when they did give you a statistic, they put it in perspective. They didn't mm-hmm. just give it to you for shock value. They were like, also keep this in mind. Yes. And also keep this in mind. Yes. I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah. The entire, that's, I like that about the book. They're like, this is what we think, but we know this is the other side that right. you also need to consider. They just, ha- they give you their unbiased opinion. I They're know. like, we are presenting this. 
we're not saying it's bad. We're just saying this is what we've observed and we're concerned. Yes. That's what the book. And then the the end is just the suggestions on like different um, behaviors and programs or whatever that you can adopt Mm -hmm. different tools to change this. You'll see. Craziness. We're getting ahead. (laughs) But what I thought was really cute was that they opened it up with this cute little fake intro. Ah, uh, yes. Where they talk about, but they introduce their main issue, which was that universities, like the ideas and all of this stuff being taught at universities is harming the students and damaging their prospects for creating fulfilling lives. It's just more or less a quote. Um, and it's just, it's making them less wise. Like they're mm-hmm. not developing the skills that they need to create a good society later on. Yes. Which, you know, we're all going to have to live in. So that could be a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Unless global warming takes over first. I don't think so. You don't believe in global warming? I do, but I don't think it's good. I'm really fucking with you. So. This is the tone of the book. (laughs) And the people that are going to read it. So what they talk about first is this trip to Greece where they're going to seek wisdom from this oracle. That they, you know, they hike up a mountain, they go into this cave and they're like, is this a fucking lazy boy or some other kind of chair? It wasn't lazy boy. (laughs) And the Oracle has this fucking Long Island accent wearing Mm -hmm, grease. mm -hmm. And he gives them these. Well, I don't know. They say something, you know, witty that they're we're looking for three pithy axioms. I was like, what the fuck? Let me Google axiom. Like, let's fix the world. Tell me how to fix the world. Yeah. They're like, how can we make blah, 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 blah happen? Mm-hmm. And so he gives them these three points of wisdom, which are what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Always trust your feelings. And life is a battle between good people and evil people, mm-hmm. which it sounds a little off, right? Yeah. So you're like, <laughs> question mark, question mark. Yeah. And it's cute because they uh, is, is it cute, Brandy? Because I said that three times. <laughs> it's. I like the way they did it because every time the Oracle presented a point, Mm -hmm. they were like, yeah, but that doesn't seem right. I just wrote this entire book Mm -hmm. about the exact opposite. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. It just kind of gives you that whole idea of what's happening. Honestly feels unbelievable when Mm -hmm. you look at it through their point of view and you'll see. But what really happened is that they're seeing these three untruths, what I just listed. They're being, this is what's being taught. These are the ideas and everything that are starting to shape children and students, you know, adolescents. It's not intentional. And the administrators, the instructors, the parents, all of the people influencing these children, they have good intentions. Mm -hmm. They think they're doing good. But these, this is going to be a hard one. (laughs) (sighs) I'm already exhausted. No. Um, these three great untruths, uh, better what they name them, is fragility, which is what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Mm-hmm. Emotional reasoning, which is always trust your feelings. And us versus them, which is a battle between good people versus evil people. Mm-hmm. And they also start to talk about like one of the big topics that we love about the book is about this whole speech leading to physical harm idea that's happening like safetyism that's Mm -hmm. something they talk about and another thing that stood out to me in the introduction was that like they really give you the big heavy hitters in here they want you to keep reading (laughs) i think that's the point yeah when they talk about safetyism they talk about 
Because these are things that Greg was starting to notice because he does this whole freedom of speech shit. Mm, okay. And he was like, now kids are saying these words are harming me. And he was like, but they're not even being, nothing in these words is aggressive. Yeah. Okay. And so he's wondering how this is unsafe. Mm-hmm. And then how now books need trigger warnings. <laughs> and, you know, all of these ideas, they're starting to interfere with the ability of these institutions to function as they should. As they should. They're just blocking all of the, like the knowledge of like giving them, giving the people that want to express like just some questioning, the curiosity. That's what you're supposed to do when you go to school. Exactly. Just ask the question. You're there to learn. You're. It's like literally that like your questions are not stupid. One of the examples they give, I don't know if it's now or later, but it was something about a class that was actually supposed to be about diversity or debate. Like it's a class that heavily debates mm-hmm. like high attention issues. Mm-hmm. And there were so many problems like political, like policies of the university and shit like that mm-hmm. all around this idea of safetyism that made it impossible for him to teach the damn class. He was like, I can't actually touch any of the topics that I need to to teach the subject because people keep anonymously saying that, you know, this teacher did this in this class and da, 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 and then now he's getting shit from administration. Mm-hmm. You can't say this in class. You can't do this in class. So what's the point of the class? He's so like, they're just like being dumb, being lawyers. I wouldn't like a lawyer that can like have uh, a debate you're defending me oh yeah that's important so you need to be, uh, be able to debate the other person even if you're right or wrong or can you imagine these people being in political roles i was like i couldn't think of the word politician <laughs> <laughs> anyway. even like but i think even in your everyday life you literally with the people that doesn't agree with you a hundred percent yeah even if you find somebody that agrees with you a hundred percent there's something wrong there yeah because a person cannot do that either you're being abusive or the other person is dumb (laughs) actually (laughs) but another big theme that they come back to over and over again is cognitive behavioral therapy which is Do not quote me on this. It's something when there are these cognitive distortions, certain behaviors that you start to do when you have things like anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Cognitive distortions like catastrophizing, making things like very end of the world or negative negative filtering when you just look at the worst part of things or you assume the worst. It's recognizing these actions and then taking steps to work against them. Like, okay. Is this the end of the world? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I think when you blow everything out of proportion, I think it becomes so exhausting. And you're like, you're unable to even solve the problem. And it can be the smallest thing, but if you don't have this skill, you literally like a little problem will kill you. A what will kill me? A little problem. A little problem. I thought you said a little probe. And I was like, well, is it alien? <laughs> that probe might kill yeah, you. And who's, who's probing me? <laughs> Is it sharp? <laughs> Am I the dentist? I was going to say, is it pointy? <laughs> is it pointy? Because sometimes I like to get probed. Mm. Get my hole filled. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. 
All right. So the first untruth that they talk about is fragility. Um, one of the big things behind fragility is safetyism, which we already talked about, and concept creep they talk about. Those are like two big things we really liked. As far as concept creep goes, it's something like like I was saying, when safe became a word that encompasses not just danger or mm-hmm. physical harm, but now it's just like your opinion doesn't agree with mine and I find that hurtful. I mm-hmm. like this is unsafe. Which is not that's the like definition a, of safe. Yeah, but that that's also like giving having the feeling of entitlement, selfishness. Because I think I maybe I'm generalizing, but like throughout life, nah, you're not the only person that needs to exist in the same place that you are. So there needs to be room for everybody. Even if you're uncomfortable, maybe learn some CBT. Yeah, well, <laughs> to they, deal with it. They like, love saying that. You're like, you're always going to be in a place. It can be your job. It can be your house. It can be anything that will make you uncomfortable. So I looked up the actual like description of concept creep instead of just giving you an example. Mm-hmm. And it says the gradual expansion of the meaning of harm related concepts. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So basically it's like taking something normal. You're like slowly making it into something bigger. And bad. Yes. So in talking about words as harm, one of the things that they cover a little bit later on in the next section of the book is this whole idea that these people in college, like these this younger generation in college is harmed by other people's opinions Mm -hmm. and they started to have these protests because Mm -hmm. they didn't want to hear certain speakers. They felt like, you know, it was just giving them so much anxiety that they just, it was justifying violence. Yes. They felt that. Yes. Um, I also think that a lot of that thinking comes when they start looking into like different ideologies mm-hmm. and they're like, well, or they're not listening to us. We have to become louder and then bring in this theology that I don't think they really understand. Yeah. Because that's why you go to college. You learn that. Yeah. But because they're not even discussing that, they're taking it on their own to learn in their way. It's taking out of what they can use to their benefit, yeah. even if it's in the wrong way. Like you don't have to scream. You could just listen. Yes, but because they're not even having that. Yeah. So I think it's just just going in the wrong direction. You can learn about those ideologies like Marxism and like um, about Lenin and all of that because that's what these people that are come doing this stuff in the universities that is learning it, it, from mistakes, like a reason <clears throat> to but, learn history. But because they're not learning. They're not seeing the other side of that ideology, even if you follow, even if you like it, because there's no discussion. You think you're right. You're only Mm -hmm. that you're thinking is the only way. Right. And that you have to show these people how they're wrong. So you're like completely disrupting everybody's education just because you want to say your word, only yours, because you don't want to listen to the other side. Oh, I hate that. And the, the second part is like the second. I think I told you the second part is like me reading um, Harry Potter when the pink lady comes into the school. Pink lady, you made me think of the pink ladies in Greece. Um, the Umbridge. I know who you're talking about. I was like, can I even go through this part? Like, I kept pausing, and like, I was like so mad. Yeah, five is a rough book. Yeah, but more on Harry Potter next week. Yes. No, two weeks from now. <laughs> 
because this is a two-part episode. I don't even know if we um, told you that. But mm. the description in the we'll let you podcast <laughs> app will definitely let you know. So also, okay, so what happened is these whenever these speakers were coming, mm-hmm. not all the time, but it was very common on campuses that, you know, all of these students that felt attacked were creating these safe rooms. Mm-hmm. Safe rooms with things like stuffed animals and coloring books and bubbles mm-hmm. and Play-Doh and Bring the dog. Why in the fuck? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I am not saying that you shouldn't color as an adult because Lord knows that I do. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this sounds a little over the top and maybe I'm being just like them. I don't know. I'm not because I'm not telling you you shouldn't have it. I just think it's kind of, how can't you just go do something else while this yeah. person is on campus? Why do you need a room that makes you feel safe? That's because you're only thinking about you're not you. unsafe. They are not attacking you. Just walk away. D- don't go to the speaker event. There's no harm to be had. They're mm-hmm. not like Gabriella. I feel this way and you are wrong because you don't. And this is going to I'm going to stab you. Even <laughs> if you don't like think the person, whatever they're saying, you don't agree with it. Why don't you let people, other people listen? Like, why don't you learn their point of view to better understand why you feel the way you do? Or even like, yeah, I continue to disagree. Yeah. Yeah. That's what an adult would do. Or you could better plan your attack by understanding <laughs> their point of view better. So you can counterattack with their own knowledge. And then you have to use violence. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I guess. Good Lord. Oh my God, this is exhausting. But another version of a safety room. <laughs> so like, um, so I, I saw a video of like one of the authors explaining that because somebody asked, kind of br- brought the point that you shouldn't tell people that they don't feel like hurtful when somebody says something to them. Mm-hmm. That if somebody says my feelings were hurt, you should be like, yes. You're right. But the author was like, yes. And they even said it in the book. You, we know, we um, recognize that these, some people... Ha- like That you, words can be hurtful. Yes. But, but don't not, blow it out of proportion yeah. that you're blocking other people's life in mm-hmm. education. So he gave an example. He's a professor and he was like, I had a, a class and the point of my class, and he made the point always to talk about with his their students about their jobs. Mm-hmm. and bring job situation into the class. For example, like sexism, nepotism, all of the issues that you, or conflicts that you can have in your job. Mm-hmm. So it will be like a safe conversation that you're going to have within your class. Because now, for example, if I say, so this is what happened with my manager, blah, blah, blah. And somebody will be like, it's like you, like you can talk about the conflict and maybe even solve it. And maybe you are the one that is wrong because you're pers- perception of the problem is wrong that it was a safe room yeah you can question and be questioned and have like a dialogue Mm -hmm. you might not even find the answer maybe that's not the point but you are able to say what you think yeah and disagree and agree that is a safe room so the new definition is like the safe room is like i have to auto like censor myself to not hurt your feelings even not even if you're wrong I can't say it because I'm going to hurt your feelings. Which is, I understand that there are some things you probably shouldn't say. Yes. In front of people. But this is a situation 
where you're in a classroom to learn these things exactly. or to experience these things. And in this situation, if you're worried that something is going to be upsetting, remove yourself. Exactly. Or even talk ahead of time to somebody or just make it known that you're uncomfortable and they can censor themselves accordingly if they want to. But mm-hmm. it's like you can't tell them you are wrong because they're talking about their experience. Yeah, because even if you are in an uncomfortable situation and you're having those discussions, you can say out loud, I'm very uncomfortable and you can just end like end the conversation. But you cannot stop everybody from having the conversation just because one person in a class of 30 people. Mm-hmm. That's being entitled and selfish. Wow, Gabriella, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I agree. And there's a lot of things you can say. And again, the authors are very, very, very clear that they do understand that words can be very disturbing for some people that of course trigger warnings are real which is the next thing we're going to talk about a little bit but that they're specifically talking about when it's just overdone and when it's blocking others Mm -hmm. and it isn't beneficial anymore yes it's not and it's not even for your benefit not even not even it's i i think they point out in the book like a lot from the beginning you think you're doing something good but you're not yes all right so and you know, we're not as elegant as them. They are really, really, really oh, yeah, good. Oh, yeah, their vocabulary is very good in the at book. Making you see how, just how the people doing this have good intentions. Yes, I like I like that that they explain even like the fucked up shit that they're doing and they're like, this is why they're doing it. And you're like, oh, okay, I yeah, get it. It makes a lot of sense. Like a lot of sense. But like they don't listen. Yeah, it's just, it's the fact that they're so shut down. Yes. Because I think that happens all the time. Like in college, that's like the point of like you experimenting with different, changing your mind and like, yeah, I fucked up last year, but I learned from this. This is not my viewpoint anymore. But also they do talk about like, I feel like that comes with a certain type of maturity too, like being able to understand and respect other people's opinions and to really want to know them. But they do make a mention later on that the newer generations, including our own, just they have a younger maturity level at the age that they're entering college. Yeah. Because it starts from they were like babies. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we're probably expecting too much from a generation Mm -hmm. who they said has the mentality of like a 15 year old when they're getting to college. I mean, I couldn't imagine I was 15. I was what a sophomore in high school. I I would not have the wherewithal to deal with this type of shit. No, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is exactly what they're saying. We're setting them up for failure here. (laughs) Yes. So trigger warnings. They did mention that because there was also an example of a classroom where they were using a certain book and it was Mm -hmm. supposed to be all of these like literary, like some canon shit, what have you. But I mean... The objection was that there were topics in the book that were harmful or offensive and that there should be a trigger warning or that maybe it should be excluded, blah, 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 from the curriculum. But he makes a point that this honestly, to me, it doesn't make any sense. I don't like trigger warnings. 
but I don't mind a trigger warning mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I, I, what I don't understand is like a request that a book be removed. What I do like and mm-hmm. what they mention is, you know, including more like diverse topics and mm-hmm. authors and cultures into these curriculums. Yeah. But is that the plural of curriculum? Is it curriculums? Curriculums. I don't, I don't know. fucking know. I don't know Latin. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think it's even going beyond that. Like this whole essence of a trigger warning, it's spreading beyond books. It's like entire classes and just, yeah. just everything. It's like uh, we always go back to the beginning of the book. Is everything is being blown out of proportion? I had a class. I had I like Google exists. Just fucking Google it if you think it might be triggering. They give you the whatever is going to happen in your class. You're so, gonna read the synopsis of the book. Read the back of the fucking book. I had a class that they, we needed to watch this video. I don't think this will uh, happen right now. I think it was like a psychology class, and we were talking about. Fuck, I don't know the terminology, but it had to do like how people find themselves in a situation and they knew they're, they're doing something wrong and they keep doing it. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. We didn't get out to your warning. He, she sent the information. She sent the video, but she said, this is what's the video. Mm-hmm. She explicitly. Like she tells you exactly, even the numbers. She didn't say trigger warning. She didn't use the word. She's just like, just letting you know, this is what the video is. This like sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, You don't need to watch it, but you need to watch like, she will tell you what to jump. Right. She was like, watch the beginning because that's the important part. You're going to see like this, like the, the, the patterns of behavior. Right. And the video is like a, um, a very uh, famous news. Like this girl was accused of stealing something in a McDonald's and a Burger King or something. So she's with the manager in the office and somebody calls on the phone and saying like, so-and-so is stole. And the guy on the phone is telling the manager what to do with the girl. He doesn't. So he asked the girl to give him a blowjob and she doesn't. This what is the fuck? this is all recorded, and this guy did this in multiple McDonald's or Burger King. So that people, is filthy. So people were following all of these directions from the phone, and the girls were doing it. They were very young people. So then, this specific video that I saw, the manager that brought the woman into that guy's office was the wife. She walked out of the office and she knew she was what was happening in there. And she didn't do anything. And the the video, the entire video, it shows everything. They don't block or anything. Like we I knew that was gonna happen. You can just not finish the video. But there was a point on telling you, look what's happening. That what we were learning about that. Yeah. Like other people know what's happening, they're not doing. They're talking about that here too. Mm-hmm. but um not that specific situation but just like not taking steps to support or um you know back up your peers so i i so I, i'm talking about drinking awareness i understand what they're trying to do like if somebody is sending me a video like that and my professor wants me to wa- watch that and we're going to have a discussion this is something that is very hardcore like i can imagine somebody that went through something similar to right. watch that that will 
throw her off the roof or throw him off the roof, of course. Yeah. But they're telling you what it is, is your decision to watch it or not. Exactly. You cannot, you, you can skip that part, like, but yeah. you can watch the beginning and still have the discussion. They did the same thing during our section on racism because they know it can be a touchy subject. Mm -hmm. And you saw some of the videos that yeah. I showed you and they did tell you it wasn't a specific thing. Like just watch this part. They said this video is going to contain X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. You know, if you need to skip it, that's fine. Yeah. And you can just read a transcript or you can even just, yeah. we'll discuss it in class, but we just need you to know. Yeah. They're like, it can be emotional. <laughs> it was actually the one, the one that I was telling you about earlier. Oh, okay. 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 With the lady that did intersectionality. Okay, that was a good talk. Yeah, but that was a mm -hmm. that was tear uh, Yeah, I remember mm -hmm. that. They were like, "Oh, wolf!" At the end, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, oh shit! <laughs> oh, I'm hot. <laughs> so, anything else on fragility? Oh wait, okay, no. There's a lot more on fragility. <laughs> this is why we put the peanuts. This is why we put the peanuts in. Oh, this is okay. the example. Oh, okay, okay. Of basically fragility and what doesn't kill you make you makes you weaker. We're we're really fucking this up. We haven't yeah. recorded in a while. <laughs> is that children um, and adolescents, they need to be exposed to things in order to build up resistance to them, just like your immune system. Mm -hmm. And so the example was peanut allergies that like they came blasting onto the scene. And now peanut allergies are becoming just like worse and worse when I guess the way to combat them. And I have, I, I don't know fucking shit about immunology. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have no idea how allergies work. or don't work, mm -hmm. but I know that peanuts are basically banned from most public arenas <laughs> in yeah. these days, Yeah, but that a lot more like now it's very common for your pediatrician at certain ages to expose the child to certain mm -hmm. allergens just to, I guess, build immunity right build immunity make sure they're not allergic to it whatever the fuck mm -hmm. but the guy one of the authors his son was starting preschool mm -hmm. and or kindergarten or whatever and they were having this whole meeting all the parents the teachers and the teacher was like no peanut products no this product no that product and he was just like you know who here has a child with a peanut allergy mm -hmm. and everybody was like, not mine. And he goes, okay, well my kid loves fucking PB and J. So can <laughs> like, does anybody have a problem? And she was like, absolutely not. Kids can share um food. And he's like, are they eating lunch here? Like what the fuck? Mm -hmm. He didn't say it quite like that, but mm -hmm. it's just kind of like that. Like, it's just like, no, it's banned. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in elementary school, you could pick lunch and it was always like number one was something different. Number two was pizza. And number three was peanut butter and jelly every fucking day. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I had peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> Ugh, I don't like peanut butter and jelly. Girl, I do. I ate only peanut butter. I love jelly. I, I love butter and jelly. I like marmalade. Is it the same thing? Yes. Oh. I guess. Well, not really. Marmalade's a little different. Mm, okay. It's more real. Yeah, maybe that's why. But I only like um, peach or strawberry. All right, you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, so that's basically it. It's like a lot of the overprotection and stuff that kids get these days are stopping them from having these 
developmental moments and things like that that are going to help them become stronger Mm -hmm. but instead we're withholding all of these experiences from them and it's making them weaker in the long run because they don't understand how to be on their own how to play with others how to eat a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich yes without feeling like something bad is going to happen Mm -hmm. which leads us into emotional reasoning which is always follow your feelings Mm-hmm. which should be more like you know be cautious think about your think about it don't let your emotions rule you yeah learn how to regulate your emotions exactly they're still going to happen you just need to regulate them right regulation <laughs> sorry we regulation. Paused, we're coming back <laughs> so yeah we were talking about microaggression yeah so one of the examples that they i don't think they give it in the book but i think uh, it was given in a panel that they did it was like the term exists is because i also throughout the book they talk about the terminology that they use it is confusing to people that are like um protesting about this um but they feel uncomfortable um so the term microaggression it, it existed in like in the 70s but it blew out of proportion and it became unpopular in 2016 but what it means for microaggression is when somebody says or asks something that accidentally or intentionally makes you feel uncomfortable or hurt you, not in an extreme way. But I think for ex- the example that he does is like when people doesn't look white, for example, me, it that happens to me all the time. That's why I can relate it to this example. People ask me where you're from all the time because I'm not white, but I have never felt like, they're asking me like, where are you? Or like in a bad way, they just ask, trying to ask me where my ethnicity, if I wasn't even born here. Mm-hmm. But he says that some people might take it like, might not like it because it's been asked so many times and people doesn't know how to even ask that question either. So he says, that's w- why you talk about it and like, kind of like, learn from each other I don't, I don't, how to ask those questions that you're not meaning to say because I think there's people that are like um, racist mm-hmm. or like discriminatory when they'll tell you where you're from or what are you I think uh-huh. there that, that exists but I think just people out of curiosity want to know and then if your reaction is in a bad way it just blocks the the discussion and that person is going to keep asking the same question in a bad way. Right. And it's just give more uh, fire to this microaggression thing that it just exploded. Yeah. I mean, I get asked that a lot too, mm-hmm. obviously. And I've had a lot of experiences where people will ask and in asking, they're almost apologetic yeah. about the way they said it mm-hmm. as in, I'm really not sure if I'm asking this the right way yes. or I'm not asking this with bad intentions. Mm-hmm. It was just like in a way that I really appreciated. But if they just asked, where are you from? I still wouldn't be offended. Yeah. But I think some people would for whatever reason. And I think because there's not conversation, for example, I didn't know how black people wanted to be called because I hear so many different ways that they do and I just went into like a black co-worker I'm like how do you like to be called because 
I, I like even I'm not black or white, but like the terms that they were using is like that doesn't make sense. You guys are black. Yeah. Why is that even a bad word? And she's like black. I'm like, okay. So I say black people, white people. So when I was working with people, I noticed that I was making them uncomfortable because I was saying, oh, oh, this black, whatever. And the white people will be like, I'm like, I asked them. They told me to call them black. <laughs> ask this one representative. <laughs> I have like, I have asked like I'm, a lot of people, but if like, it's okay. Basically what you're saying is I see that it's okay to use the word white to yeah. refer to somebody mm-hmm. that is Caucasian. Yeah. But I, don't know if it's okay to say black or in what situation it's okay to say black. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ask somebody yeah. and maybe they can even clarify if there is a situation where it's inappropriate. Because even there's some people, I, I'm not black, but I don't like that, co- that color, um, color person. I'm like, that well, is, excuse me. That sounded terrible. What are you saying? That people, instead of being called black, they said that this colored person. Oh, okay. So like the term color. Yeah. That's so they prefer to use colored person than black. I'm like, that is worse in my opinion. And I'm not black. That feels like you're just wrangling everybody up. Everybody like black, red, yellow. (laughs) Don't come to me. I'm actually trying. Like I'm saying like, this is a microaggression. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's crazy like to me like just ask the question like a lot of some people might like we're talking about emotional reason, uh, reasoning there must be people that are on the defensive even if I went to somebody that was like on the defensive if I ask this question that person might scream at me yeah that one person but I'm pretty sure there's more people that is going to answer me in a nicer way because I just want to just tell me how to call you yeah but the way you approach them is appropriate yes so i think that's where the the microaggression discussion is like it can be accidental for also i hate i'm hispanic and i hate when people say latin x mm-hmm. i hate it like no you're either latino or latina that's it or latinos that x is more insulting you're trying not to insult you. Want, you want to include people and that's more insulting. Yes. I totally see what you mean. So, um, it's like, did it. you ask mm-hmm. or did you just assume? Yes. I cannot. I, I honestly didn't even know about this until we were recording the, I almost said the deathly fucking hollows. <laughs> Uh, the gunslinger yeah and you said something about it and you're like oh i hate when people do this and i was like i have no fucking idea what that means i didn't know either maybe you should tell people i did i no nobody has ever used it with me but i'm saying maybe you should explain what it means because you didn't oh the latin x Mm -hmm. they're just like what i said they're just trying to be inclusive of like or all like, genders all genders i guess or all type of yes identification yes or like, so is it like a pronoun thing no it's a race thing is it has nothing to do with or sexuality you mean like different latino races am i, I saying that correctly? this is exactly <laughs> what we're talking about yeah. i don't understand <laughs> i don't understand that either because it's like you just invented this word and now you're like screaming at people that you need to call people latin x and i'm like excuse me i don't understand 
that's what they're doing yeah but i don't understand what it means like what are they trying to encompass by saying latin including people i guess the lgbt community too okay that's what i thought yeah yes yes that's what i think it is but i don't think that's logical you're inventing a new word that doesn't make sense but, so why it wouldn't be logical to me is grammatically saying latinos is all encompassing yes but I guess maybe some people would be offended. Like, why does it have to be masculine? But I mean, grammatically, oh, no. even, in, in Spanish. Even when people go to that and like, Latinos is just a male, that is like another thing that doesn't make sense to I me. I think it's probably other people with other languages that aren't the same feeling like this might be offended. No, I have found people in Spanish that say those things too. Like, for example, like when you group in plural and a lot of in Spanish, it sounds like uh, men mm -hmm. and they just go there. Like, why are we like using the male pr um, pronoun for everything? Like, why does everything that's like plural become masculine? Yeah. And I don't, that's a conversation that I'm not. All right. I understand. Yeah. But that's what I thought it was in the first place. Like, mm -hmm. why does the masculine like pronoun take precedence? Or yeah. The masculine I think gender it's, that's precedence? looking into something that. It's not. You so this over, is a like personal dislike. Overreaching. I yes, of course, because oh, okay, yes, I don't like it at all, and I don't think it's appropriate. 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 Yes, I don't like it at all. I don't, and even trying to understand. Do you know where it originated from? From um. I think a lot of it had to do with people that are born here mm -hmm. and are from like Latino descendants. Okay. And they're like, they are the younger generation that really weren't born in Latin America. Okay. They're just here. They have that heritage. Yeah. And they want to include. Oh, I don't know how to explain it. I guess I don't understand how it isn't appropriate, but it's, I also didn't grow up in that culture. Or with that language or those feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's just, this is a completely new word. I didn't know it existed until I started hearing in the news. They were like the Latin X community. I'm like, who are they? I thought it was like a... You said, who's she? I was like, oh, this is like a association, a group, a movement. I thought it was. It's like, no, now all Hispanics are con Latin X. So do you feel like it's taking away from your identity? It doesn't represent who I, th I am. So you are putting me in that group and I'm not. You're putting I mean, every... Because even that book that when I read it, it's a very good book. And it's making a lot of point. It's like an intellectual book. And you are putting everybody in that group with that word. Okay. You're not calling Hispanics, you're not saying Latinos, you said Latin X, and that means everybody. You know what? You completely change the uh, the definition. You know what? I don't know if yeah. I'm making sense. I you are. So like everything that woke people are writing in academics, they're gonna use that word. That makes no sense to me. Oh, all right. Yeah. That was very that was a lot of clarification. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm not being sarcastic at all mm -hmm. because I know you can't see my face, but I really didn't understand it that much. And I still didn't understand it that much after we talked about it. 
because I didn't think this was taken serious, being taken seriously until like lately. Like the heat is on. I apologize. People like I noticed like the only people that are listening to that they understand like this changes in the vocabulary. I've seen it before. And like you are changing the definitions of stuff that it makes no sense just because you want to accommodate something. It's like the book. You want to be a good person, but you're not making sense. I understand. The yeah. intention is good. But they didn't take a vote on it. Yeah. I'm joking. It's like what we're saying with black and like the people that use black or color people. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like if I go somebody, somebody might take that color more of of like a just um like for instance decoratory. i think it's probably not a good term exactly but some people are okay yeah. with it so like i'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that are okay with like being latinx yeah so so but, but then i'm asking black people color what you want to be but called. the thing also is is that the word colored has a history whereas yes for sure latinx Even, is brand new and there's also people that doesn't like being called african-american well, I mean, that is, what if they're not? Exactly. So there's like, you're like, like throwing just it, like a lot, like Hispanic. And like, they're so big. There's so much like diversity. And you just put it into this new definition. Yeah. And you like get mad because you're being insulted. I'm like, since when? Since like 10 years ago, we were using this word. Not even because I never heard it before. <laughs> so this is the kind of thing that make don't make sense. Okay, wow, I feel like I feel like I just got schooled. Honestly, that was insane. I have never talked about this before, but I'm like, why people are using these words? You're just like <laughs> you're just now trying to understand even where my, your aversion to it came is coming from. Yeah, even me, why I I'm so against it, but like it doesn't like I don't think it defines me at all. Well, yeah. I will promise to never refer to you in that way. <laughs> I forgot what we were even talking about. Microaggressions. Right. But also they were talking about even the word aggression. Like, so a microaggression is meant to be like unintentional or accidental. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't really like fit the definition of aggression. The word itself mm -hmm. is a little bit exaggerated. Yeah. But we're not saying microaggressions are okay. No. But also yeah. the way that you approach them is what they're saying. Like if somebody does do something like use the wrong word to describe you, like your reaction to it, like cannot be emotional reasoning. Mm -hmm. It can't be like negative filtering. Yes. Like when you just assume the worst. Yes. And when you're taking what they were saying, because they used the example of this woman that went to the hospital. I can't remember the, ex <clears throat> the exact situation did you like she it was a biracial couple mm -hmm. and the husband i don't think was conscious and he needed urgent medical treatment and so the wife was clearly distressed but mm -hmm. she was being asked questions by the staff and she was so wildly offended mm -hmm. but then she stopped and thought about it and was like why am i offended yeah is it because i'm assuming that they're judging me because this is a biracial couple yeah and then she thought about it in a different way mm -hmm. and said, yeah, no, I'm making the situation so much worse by doing this yeah. when I could just be answering that question. And she also, she went and talked with the staff because yeah. I think she was like, the way that you're asking 
But also, yeah. I'm in healthcare. Like, I'm not saying that I'm in the ER. But sometimes when there's an emergency, I've been rude to people when stuff is happening because it's like, you, we can, I can say sorry after. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think you're like thinking, oh, let me be considerate right now. I'm like, is this person going to like live or die? Right. You know what I mean? I understand both sides. And she did the same thing. She yeah. was like, all right, clearly I was just stressed. Yes. And why are they asking this? And what's your tone? Yeah. But after thinking about it, she was like, okay, if I can be this way in this situation, mm-hmm. things are going to be a lot more clear and a lot more productive. Yes. But I also will understand the other side of it. Like racism exists. And I'm pretty sure that person has that negative perspective all the time because I'm pretty sure she has been through a lot of happened to her before. Like she grew up being, with it. Yeah. So I think you already like in the defensive that, okay, here we go again. I need to explain myself that he's my husband. Like we can be married. Like I understand. Girl, that. have you seen my mom? <laughs> yes. I was in school. Uh, like I was in college. My first year of college was my mom's last year of college. I am Brown adjacent, if you will. No, I'm, I'm, half, <laughs> no, <you're not. laughs> I'm half black. But with the most pallor that somebody who's half black could possibly have. But my hair is wild. It's very curly. Yeah. And there's been pictures. We have a uh, an Instagram. Go visit it. Mm-hmm. And my mom is extremely white. I'm talking, it can't be in the sun too long, white, white, with blonde hair and blue, blue eyes. Blue eyes, yeah. And I remember being at school and my mom coming to me and being like, oh, do you have a couple dollars? Because I want to grab something from the cafeteria, blah, blah, mm-hmm, blah. And mm-hmm. I introduced this person who wasn't really a friend, just an acquaintance. I was like, oh, this is my mom, blah, blah, blah. And maybe I gave her a couple dollars. I don't recall. Mm-hmm. But the girl was like, nah. <laughs> but in front of my mom, it was so fucking awkward. And my mom goes, oh, yeah, I have a picture. Like My mom didn't. Honestly, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So she pulls out this picture. The girl got so awkward. She dismissed herself from the conversation. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, she, I think it will be. Yeah, I see your mom. Can you imagine what my mom went through having a child? Because my mom was single for a couple of years. So she's walking around with this. I looked up. Uh, yes. I looked very Hispanic, if I'm being honest, <laughs> yeah. when I was younger. And she's walking around with this kid. Nobody thinks it's hers. Yeah. Like I went to the store once with my cousin who's also very white Mm -hmm. and her son who's half puerto rican and i was holding the kid at the moment and the cashier assumed this child was mine and she's Mm -hmm. like oh no that's my baby (laughs) and i'm like oh this is awkward (laughs) no so i also understand why people are always like looking into like the negative sign because it's something that is constantly happened to you you're ready for the next one I'm not like that. Sometimes it takes me a minute to be like, oh, that person was being a bitch. Oh my God. Like I didn't get it at first. I would be like, oh, they were like, I've been here since I was 13. And I, I think I had this discussion with my family. I never noticed somebody was racist towards me. I don't look white at all. There's nothing that, and if somebody was racist towards me, I never noticed. Like it didn't work because uh, I never noticed. Yeah, like Internet Explorer, and this woman's like, "What the fuck?" (laughs) She must have been insulting me, and I was like, "I don't care." I doubt it. You were a child. (laughs) 
there's people that are racist toward kids. Like you, they have. You no are boundaries. correct. You are correct. But I just can't picture a librarian being like, "I'm going to be racist towards this 13 year old girl." So yeah, like I don't have that thinking, so I don't see it. But I'm pretty sure it happens to you all the time. You're seeing it everywhere, even when it's not there. Yeah, I mean, I grew up. I grew up with racism, obviously. Mm-hmm. My family is. Mostly white, I would say. Like there's we're sprinkled there. Mm-hmm. Some brown, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. But I mean, I had I had friends that would be like, Oh, I'm sorry, you can't come in my house. My grandfather's racist. I'm yeah. Like, okay, cool. That's insane. Yeah. I was like 15. That's crazy. And the kid was quite apologetic about it. Well, and he was like, We're not gonna hang out here. I just have to run in and grab something. That's insane. But he's yeah. like, the reason I'm not inviting everybody to like hang out in the living room while I grab this is because mm-hmm. it's you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, awesome. So like you could have been one of those person that took everything in a negative way. Yeah. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, like it's, it just wasn't his fault. Yeah. He was just trying to be honest. And everybody in the group, you know, they're on my side. But and not to make uncomfortable. My you went in and he will say some stupid shit. Exactly. Then now that will be hurtful. Exactly. Yeah. It would have been a much worse situation. Mm-hmm. But that's how I thought of it. I wasn't like leaping to the first thing. Like, why would you even tell me that? Why wouldn't you do this? Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? And it's like. I he was avoiding. Exactly. And you I, were learning some CBT later, <laughs> early yeah. on in your life. Or I'm more like you. And I'm like, was that racist? <laughs> okay. What's next? What What is next? Uh, we did the hospital. What is pink roses? Well, it's that. (laughs) It's basically saying like, if you're unsure or if you're doing this whole thing with like negative, I keep forgetting the fucking word, negative filtering Mm -hmm. or this emotional reasoning that it never hurts to just ask like the woman in the hospital did. Mm -hmm. Like ask for clarification because I was reading rejection proof where he's like purposely trying to get rejected. Mm -hmm. And when he offers this guy like this pink rosebush plant or whatever. The guy's like, no, I can't do it because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. He actually couldn't take the plant. So he found out that he wasn't being rejected because of him. Yeah. He was being rejected because the guy couldn't take a fucking rosebush. <laughs> but the guy said, my neighbor across the street really fucking loves pink roses. So maybe you should go over there and give it to her. Mm-hmm. She'll be like, this will be great for you. It's a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you ask what's going on, not only can you feel better about the situation and understand the situation better and walk away in a great mood, you could also gain something like yeah. they'll give you an alternative. And that mm-hmm. happened often to him because he tried to get rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he, yeah, his attempt was to get rejected a hundred times. So there were plenty of times after he started to get into the groove of it, where he would ask why and in a polite way mm-hmm. and uh, like somebody would give him another option. Yeah. I'm pretty afraid of rejection. Or they could even work through it. Yeah, it's he talks about it a lot. It's a hard thing. What I found really interesting was that he was talking about uh, like the other side of it. He also hated rejecting people because Mm -hmm. he felt like it was a form of rejection towards himself. Like they're not going to like me now because I said. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't. And they talk about like a better like better ways to deliver rejection. Yeah, I don't have. That problem, I just being reactive. Sometimes, like I get so worked up 
on it. And I just think about it, think about it. And I make myself very anxious. And I just like, I do it. And I'm like, I wasn't that fucking hard. Even I when know. they said no. But I get so worked up before I do it. Oh my God. I just remember why. What? <laughs> why the rejection part of it is so hard for me. Why? I think because I had like a strict parents. Uh-huh. Asking for something, I needed to practice before I went to them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, yes or no. There was no There's opening. no discussion. Yes. So if There's I... There's no, why don't you want this rose bush? So I needed to be like, oh, so she says this. And I will be... It's like, let me go make a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> and it will be like, no. I mean, like, that's it. That's... <laughs> Just walk out, I guess. Like, so I have a question. They're like, no. <laughs> yes. And I'll be like, Why? Because I said so. That's, yeah. That was the end of the conversation. I think that's why I have a hard time. And like, it's stupid stuff. Like the stupidest thing. I'm like, if I ask for like a, like a credit refund, maybe I do it. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe say, oh. So I call and they're like, oh yeah, okay. Here's your money. And I'm like, that was so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how how much I would be worried about that kind of rejection. No, I do get like the smallest, like I don't know like why. A twinge. You're just like, oh god, I hate that I'm making this phone call right now. Mm-hmm. But you'll still do it. Yeah, I still do it. But the other stuff that I won't do. But can you imagine? Like sometimes I have patients that will hit on me. Like I had a patient the other day mm-hmm. that was checking out their appointment card, and I was like, oh, did I do it wrong? And he said. Yeah, you forgot to put your n- name and number so I can call you. And I was taking back the card from him uh. because sometimes people ask me to put my name on there because they want me to do their cleaning next time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that there's no problem with that. A lot of people don't fucking remember my name. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I felt so bad because I already had the card in my hand and a pen. <laughs> and I had to say No. <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I just I can't do that. And then I felt bad because do I owe him an explanation? Of course not. Mm-hmm. But I think it would have been easier on him if he understood, like, that's wildly inappropriate because you're my patient. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really maybe I would have made up some kind of lie, honestly. Like, I'm not available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but I just like see we talking. We have in therapy. We have in everything in this episode. It was funny because uh, one of the girls at the front desk used to be a hygienist too, and that happened to her once. But her reaction was like, "No," very quick. Okay, it, it rude, and the, yeah. the guy was like, "Okay, whatever." And well, maybe she was nervous even to say like, she right. did, "Yes, yeah." So then, what she did was later on she like got his number and texted him and this sounds inappropriate but it's not she worked like near a a university and a lot of it was just like college like kids her age and shit like that oh like he could have just been like there's a party going on later blah 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 you Mm. know what i mean yeah and so she just texted him was like i'm really sorry that i was so rude to you and she goes it was i was really just surprised and then they ended up hanging like hanging out just as friends yeah okay yeah 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 and he was like yeah i was just kind of like i think that You'd be a great addition to our <laughs> group yeah. of hanging out. Yeah. So, I mean, it just things like that. Thinking yeah. about things that way. Yeah. Wow. We just dove into that. Yeah. That was good. 
but it's true. Uh, rejection is tough. It just is. Saying, saying no to somebody, especially when I know that they have to come back in three months. <laughs> and I'm going to have to have them sitting across from me. I had another patient that asked yeah. me out every single time. Damn. I cleaned his teeth. I cleaned his teeth every fucking three months. And he was older than my father. Okay. And I was just like, I cannot date you. Like you want to be my sugar daddy? No, not even that. First, my dad would crucify me. (laughs) Oh, like, I can't imagine you're done. I told my dad I went on a date the other day and he was like, okay, I got to go by. (laughs) And you're like the oldest. He's like, I can't hear this conversation. I'm the oldest, but. I think he treats you like the little one. Yeah, he he treats me. They do. They treat me differently. They, I have higher expectations. He's like, first of all, you need to be single forever. <laughs> and you clearly should still be a virgin. Oh, my God. I can't with your And so you're, we're clearly going to live with you when we're And then he's going to start asking your mom, like, who is she went with? He's like, I can live with you. I don't trust your brother and sister. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I'm like, sure, sure, dad. <laughs> Except, honestly, my sister is probably the best option as far as taking care of them but mm-hmm. i think she'd go insane <laughs> oh that's funny i'll totally take my parents in yeah into like an in-law section oh okay yeah of course because holy shit you need separation love to them still people. like them <laughs> i love i love those people anyways anyways that was emotional reasoning hope you liked it and now <laughs> we got everything that we wanted to there. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so then the third untruth is us versus them, mm-hmm. which what we basically took from that, it, it got very convoluted. It was talking about Herod, like tribal, just uh, what's the word when it's like evolution and all the shit. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, my brain hurts. It felt like school. Yeah. No, this book is very they were like, like that. the definition of this is this, and the definition of that is that. And then when you put them together, it's this. And then when you do that, it's that. And I was like, huh? Yeah, but I think you have to be that precise. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what we basically took away from this was call out culture. All right. So we refreshed. <laughs> and basically, it's kind of like how everything gets really polarized like politics left and right all of these things and all of the social justice movements that are going on which that's great it's honestly great but it becomes like gabriella was saying earlier just kind of like this is my viewpoint and this is yours and mine's right and yours is wrong and now we're clashing and it created those call out culture where if somebody says something you don't agree with you're just like you're canceling them yeah And, you know, it starts to become this personal attack on them and their life. And it's just because of their opinion. Yes. And so some of the examples were like, there was a certain example where one of the students didn't feel very well represented um, or supported in the university she was at. And so she had written something about it. And in response, it was like the dean of something responded with a very nice letter but in the letter she said something about her fitting the mold but i should probably actually look at it because it does sound terrible if you say it like that but it said that it's important to me the dean of students and the staff that we are working on how we can better serve students especially those who don't fit our cmc mold that still sounds terrible Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to read from the top. Thank you for writing and sharing this article with me. We have a lot to do as a college and a community. Would you be willing to talk with me sometime about these issues? They are important to me and the staff, and we are working on how we can better serve students, especially those who don't fare us in the same mold. But what she meant by that was like, we want to be an inclusive community. Yeah. And you're saying you don't feel like you fit in. Yeah. So if you don't feel like you fit in, we want to help understand yeah. why. why? Yeah. And the student blew the oh, fuck yeah. up because she used the word mold and basically saying that, like, if you were a student of color, that is that what you mean by using the word color? Yes, because that is an inappropriate way to use it. Yeah. But I mean, that it's kind of very formal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But basically, she used she the student saw the word mold as like. The students of color yeah. and then everybody else. Yeah. I think that I, the idea of having diversity in like different um, people from everywhere, that should be in a diverse. I don't think nobody disagrees with it, but I think thinking that you have to have diversity over people that are qualified, mm-hmm. that's unreasonable. Just because you're black, I don't have to hire you just because you're black or brown or Asian. If you, you, there's some qualification that goes into having a position. Right. Diversity should be one of the qualifications for a position. But then they're taking that like uh, out of proportion that you just need a black person, you need a brown person and you're a Chinese person. Now you're diverse. But then all these people think the same way. But the the thing is, is also... Where I think it is relevant is actually probably in public health, because when we talk about building programs, right, to better excuse the heat again, I had to pause for a second to get my thoughts together. So if we are creating a program for a certain community because they're having worse health outcomes, you need to think about stakeholders and you need to include certain professionals or community members Mm -hmm. of Probably, let's say, if it's a primarily black community or if we're seeing black people as the disparate group in this community, they they have to be the person we're hiring for the program. Yeah, of course. Or they should be. That is what makes sense. Because this is the view. This is the. What's the word I'm looking for? These are the perspectives that we need to better serve your community. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like an administrative position on um, a college Mm -hmm. in a college, I might see how it does matter if it's a black college. Okay, Mm -hmm. you know, but like you said, in a lot of cases, it really should be qualifications. And. Any other measure that they would use to see if you fit the job. Yeah. Even that thing that they have at the college, there's a like um, that colleges need to hire other nationalities or your ethnicity. What's the name for that? Diversity? No. No. <sighs> I mean, I could see if they were like worried that um, they weren't getting. I forgot. There's a word for it. That they actually, there's a thing. That you need to hire a percentage of black people or like all a percentage. Like oh, black. like a quota, bro? Yes. Oh, no, I, I think I, I know what you're trying to say, but I just can't. Well, that word. So even that is like, okay, we just need 10 black people. But I'm like, 
do they have the GPA to be there or just they just a show? You know what I mean? Or do they just want the perspective so that the the black student body feels represented? Yeah. Or oh fuck this. Yeah, I can't. I know how to speak. I I forgot the word, but like my point with this um word that with that example that they did is like I understand where she's coming from. I understand that you need more diversity where you're going to school, you're paying for it, you want different points of view. But the other side is is like there's they're not may not doing intentionally that like we just want white people. You know what I mean? I yeah. think they're like there's maybe it's not people that doesn't apply and or they're not qualified actually that's a good point maybe the people aren't applying i believe that happens that's what they should be looking into yeah why Why are they applying applying? yeah and i'm sure we could go deeper into that (laughs) if we had the brain right now yeah so like there's a reason why they apply because i also understand that uh, like somebody will be like, I'm not going to get hired there because they don't hire black people. Or they don't hire like um, brown or whatever. Are they giving off that energy? Exactly. And that happens. And that is true. But like, it's like you are trying to do something good and you're just fucking it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the entire book says you don't have the skills to even. Um, you don't have the, the skills to do this job. Or to even demonstrate what is bothering you because you're fucking it up. So how are you going to resolve a conflict if you're already going so negative? Oh, I lost you. I'm talking about that, the letter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like she's trying to do something, but you're being so aggressive, like yes. so dismissive. Like she wrote your entire book and you're like, yeah. the I don't like the end. Maybe you don't feel represented, right? The student doesn't feel represented, but this person is reaching out a lifeline and they're trying to understand and you are just using your emotional reasoning and you are just shitting all over them. But also a lot of the points that were made, a lot of the examples that they give are situations of this that blow up out of control Mm -hmm. and then faculty are actually being attacked like at home, like students are knocking on their door and telling them that they should die. Yeah. Or that like people are losing their jobs. And this was also what we were talking about earlier. They're not getting any support. At all. Because everybody's afraid of saying the something. Colleagues, yeah. None of the colleagues want to support them mm-hmm. because they're afraid they're going to get fired. And it's like, when did this become politics? This is supposed to be academia. Yeah. That, I don't think that. I think that feels like so fucked. And the, yeah, like the us versus them. And like, I, I think, I don't know if I said it, but it's like you are criticizing a group because I think they also talk about like the tribalism that is happening right now. It's like, I want to belong to a group. I don't, I don't accept whether like, I don't agree with the entire group, but I still, I want to belong to this group. So I'm going to change my beliefs just to fit in. Even right. though you know you're wrong, but you just want to fit in and just attack the other group. So you end up, whatever group you're criticizing, you're becoming that per- that group. You're yeah. becoming the same. So it's like there's two groups doing the same thing. Everybody's talking loud and nobody's listening. Yeah. Oh, you love that. What? You love talking about people <laughs> like yelling and not listening. But um, a lot of this us versus them attitude it like we've been saying and all of these examples explain is that the universities have these 
core values and these missions. And all of these things are really fucking with their ability mm-hmm. to fulfill them. Yeah. And it's influencing them so much. Did they give that example of the equity or was that later? That's later. I like that oh, right. point. Yeah. Also, like, I think when somebody is disagreeing, I think I'm talking about the extreme of this small group of people that are like causing this like damage in other people's yeah. education. It's like... And this is, it's a small, usually small It's a very small people. group and they take the numbers and I'm like, what the, like 12 people yeah. can destroy again, an institution. We're not saying that like you were saying before, I don't know if you said it on here or if you were just talking to me, but you were like 24 people, people signed louder. a petition. Yeah. Are 24 people louder yeah. than the thousands of students yeah. at the university? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that there's students because that are saying like, that's not true what they're saying. That's but they're like driving like all of this very litigious attitude. It's just making the administrators terrified to ignore these 24 students or not even to ignore them, mm-hmm. but like, they feel like they have to do what they're saying. Yeah. Otherwise they're going to be in trouble. Yeah. And I, I, Oh, what I wanted to say is like this small group of people, when you actually are in front of them, even if you're not the group that is yelling, sometimes they don't even have the skill to explain their own ideas because they don't know it themselves. Right. Cause they're so lost and confused. And they can't even understand it because they can't even question the other side because i don't think they're discussing it with within each other they're saying they're repeating themselves and then when you are actually somebody is like okay they're repeating what they saw on the internet at least yell it and they still don't make sense and a lot of them that's why they start yelling because they don't know how to express their ideas even if they're wrong they're like completely closed out the other person like the evergreen example yeah which we'll get into (laughs) that's yeah but the reason this is two parts is because we're already at an hour and a half. Yes. I think we're done. Yeah. No, yeah. that that was the last point was yeah. that. And just to say that universities are really having a hard time, like we said, teaching these students mm-hmm. and that they're going to end up leaving college or they are ending up <coughs> leaving college just with a lesser education, less wise and without the abilities to live like to live a fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. They're going to be those are like our doctors. And lawyers and politicians <laughs> and politicians, political and scientists, because like they only talk like they don't go into like the science part of it because that's also getting fucked up. Oh, don't even start. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll be here for another hour and a half. I know. I did put hangover, but it's not appropriate yet. Yeah. So I'm going to We're still that. drinking this book. Drinking? <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even pull out any like alcohol today. I was like, I made coffee as soon as you got here. I, I know. Like, it's going to so be that kind cold. of night. We haven't recorded in three weeks and we're not going to know what the fuck to do. I know. Well, we did pretty good. I think we did good. Yeah. It got a little wonky at the end, but. That's okay. I like it. I think it's a great episode to come back on. Oh, yeah. We came out strong. Yeah. A very nice, deep, thoughtful episode. So you can like pause. Yeah, and like keep going. Like, but I have news for you. You're not getting a mini next week. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. So actually, you should go look. I mean, it's it's not going to be hard to find podcasts and videos on this. Mm -hmm. It's actually very like it's popular. Um. So you know, before you go do that, you can follow us on Instagram at Budkaset Podcast, or you can email us if you didn't like what we said 
podcast at podcast at gmail.com. And if you have the time, you can rate and review us. Um, you can now rate on Spotify. So there's no excuses. You, I didn't know. I just like found out a few months ago. Wait, you said you can or you can't? You can't. Yes, you can't. Yes. Is that C- a C-A-N? <laughs> C-A-N, yeah. Okay, so you can. Yes. All right. <laughs> My accent. <laughs> yeah, I was like, girl, that just sounds like you're telling me you can't. Yeah, I found out that you can now. So. Oh, where? Where? How? Spotify. But how? Where is it? Um, I don't know. I'll tell you part two. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the one that I know you can do it is Apple. You just have to scroll down a mm-hmm. bit and, until above the reviews and then it just has stars and you can just click on whichever amount you want to give us, which, which is stupid because be I use Spotify all the time. Sorry five. for interrupting you. Thank you for interrupting. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry. I was telling them where to go. Okay. Um, down to before the reviews and there are blank stars and you can just click whichever you want. Five. but not less than that please next time we are doing the second part to this book which is actually their second and third and fourth part but (laughs) we knew that this part was going to be very lengthy so we gave it to you in doses Mm -hmm. all right so um thank you so much for listening yeah i hope you like it I think welcome back to 2022. I know. Welcome. Mm. Happy New Year. (laughs) Bye bye. Bye.